0: Somebody say why. God has engineered us to care about the why. How many of you have ever had a relatively extended conversation with a toddler? Yeah, eventually. Yeah, the 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 they will ask you why, and then you will answer why, and then they will ask why that. And now while it can be amusing and even approaching frustrating, it is revealing because they aren't being obnoxious. Well, they might be, but they're not, I don't really think that's the whole deal. They are doing what God made us to do. God has engineered us to be people of purpose. God has has hardwired us to care about and to be moved primarily by the why. Now, unfortunately, people can get almost hypnotized by the what, but when we do, when the what, uh, eventually the, the, the what, certainly it, it, it loses its veneer, it loses its shine, and we always come back to, well, well, why? If I gave you a really random what, like, hey, I got an idea, let's, let's build a a $50 million building. What would be your first question? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Two people so far have said, well, that just sounds exciting to do just in general. But most of us would say, well, why? And then if I said, oh, well, by the way, it's going to be a hospital that is going to treat and cure all childhood disease. Immediately, the why would you would be, would be would engage you, and you'd be like, "Well, let me just let me go, let me go have a garage sale. Let's get some let's get some dollars, right? Let's 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 make that happen." We are moved by, governed by, inspired by the why. It is the why that drives us. This is how God has made us. We continually search for it, ask for it. It is part, really, of our search for meaning. When we are when we are absent a powerful why there is a sense there is a lack of meaning and direction and purpose in our lives but if we have one if we have a why then we will endure we'll keep going we will get up we will show up we will sacrifice we will commit we will love Missionaries and martyrs are moved by their why. Artists, creatives, innovators are moved by a why. They're possessed by this. Companies and corporations that endure, that have long-term success, have a strong why. And, it, and people buy their why. There there's people are <laughs> people are loyal to the why. Martin Luther King Jr. did not move a nation and a generation by saying, I have a plan. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I have a Let's go, let's go, I have, a pl- I have a plan. He did not move a nation by saying, I think we should all just huddle up in, the, in Washington, D.C. Let's go do a thing. He moved a generation by saying, I have a dream. Mm-hmm. It was a why that was larger than any temporary what. Right. It gave meaning and purpose to the What? Our why is our mission. It's our mission. It's our driving purpose. That mission, that driving purpose informs our motive and our manner. The why informs the desired end result and the way we get there. Now for you, for me, For believers, for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, for my house, for your house, for this house heritage, our why is for his glory. Would you all just say for his glory? What is his glory, what does that mean? It, glory is a, both in, both in the Hebrew and the Greek, it's just a, it's just a derivative, a, a different version, a different declension, if you will, of the word praise. It means to be praiseworthy. So if our, is, if our why is for his glory, and, for, and it is the glory of God that informs not only our end result, it is the glory of God that informs and inspires the manner we get there. So here's what we're saying. For his glory means we what we, we what we do, we do with a desire that the end result will be praiseworthy. Yeah, and that the way we do it will be praiseworthy. We want the end result to be worthy of praise and even the way that it's done to be praiseworthy. Now, you might ask, and you'd, be, and you'd be wise to do so if you're paying attention, if you've been around for any minute at all, you might ask why I'm talking about why. Last week, last week although it was frozen and we did have to do some things online, I, I, felt, I felt really pressed. I wanted to talk about the blessing of the Lord and how important it is, and how necessary it is, and how I want to seek his blessing as an act of worship and pray for his blessing. And as, as, a, as a person, a pastor, and as a house, I want us to be people who would cast ourselves with all of our confidence upon the blessing of God. I want that from my heart, my house, and your house. But also, as we as i'm as i'm praying and thinking about where we are and who we are as a church and where we've been and where we're going i'm just taking these couple of weeks in january to a little bit calibrate our hearts and our compass Good. to say let us be a people who approach god based upon his mercy that what we do that what we need most what we covet most is his blessing And then I want us to be sure of this, that we identify and calibrate our why. That we are a people who live and do everything for his glory. If we attach our why to something else or something less, we're going to miss it. We're going to burn out we're gonna fade out, we're gonna give up, they'll get distracted, there's too much at stake. What we need most is a definite point on the compass. We need to be able to set our compass on something that is true and right and that will not move, that will not only determine where we're going, but how we get there. We will do this, all of this, for the glory of God. Would you one more time say for his glory? God has called us for his glory. This is not, when we say that our, our why is the glory of God, that is not the result of a poll or, a, or, a, or an interest group. That, that, that didn't come in a, on a, 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 as a result of a brainstorming session in a boardroom. We are getting this cue from God himself. God has made us for his glory. Isaiah 43 says, bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory. Think about it. When we say come home, The sign out front says, come home. Why are we saying come home? Why even call anyone? What's the purpose of saying come home? Why do we want people to come home? For his glory. God's plan is to fill the whole earth with the knowledge of his glory. Habakkuk chapter two says, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. This is our why because it is God's why. This is heaven's agenda. For his glory. Why do we show up? For his glory. Why be faithful? For his glory. Why get back in the car? Drive back back to the back to the church. Rainy day. Why keep showing up? Why keep going? For his glory. Why do we serve? Why do we why do we give? For his glory. Why do we forgive? If we attach our why to something else, then we will have attached it to something less. Anything other is lesser, it's temporary. Anything different or lesser will not be able to sustain us. It will not be able to continue to inspire us. The only thing that's worth it is the one who is worthy. For his glory, Jesus modeled this for us. He mandated it for us. He modeled for it in his own life. Listen to the book of John and listen to his, Jesus describe his own sense of why. John chapter seven and verse 18, Jesus says, the one who speaks on his own authority seeks his own glory. But the one who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true. And in him there is no falsehood. when we calibrate our why, our mission, to his glory, it aligns us, it keeps us true. It prevents us from deceit, from hidden agendas, from falsehoods. We do not seek or work or speak for our own glory. Oh, how temporary and fleeting that is. How gross that is. Haven't we had enough of that is. John chapter 12 and verse 27 and 28, Jesus says, but for this purpose, I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Now, we know that Jesus is anticipating his passion. But if we will give ourselves permission as followers of Jesus to step into his life and to say his words, for this purpose, I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. That is something that you can say no matter what hour you're in whether it's uh, the, the rising hours or the clocking in hours or your lunch hour or the retiring hour or the finishing hour or the dinner hour or the put your kids to bed hour or the trying to figure out how you pay your bills hour, whatever hour you have found yourself in, you can say like your Lord Jesus before you, for this hour I have come. This is the purpose. Father, glorify your name. I, 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 This is my why in this moment is the glory of God. And then hear what heaven, how heaven answered him. He says, Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Do we hear and feel that? That Jesus commits his purpose, his mission to the glory of God and heaven answers in full partnership. When our why is for his glory, we can be assured of heaven's help. And I desperately want heaven's help. Yes. I want the help of heaven for my heart, for my home. I want. I desperately need the help of heaven for this house. If you've been around for a minute, we talk we what we say what we talk about is always beyond our present experience we are still looking for 10,000 people to come home and for that to happen there's got we've got to do and be a lot it's not it's not going to it's not going to necessarily look like one giant 10,000 seat building not gonna do that. That's not even sustainable. We're gonna have to launch new people, launch new churches. We we didn't even know when we started we were gonna have three churches in Cuba and one in Moscow, for crying out loud. We align our purpose, our mission with heavens. We say, Lord, let this be for your glory. Then Jesus said this, John seventeen, when he talks, when he as he's reflecting on the on the on the, the end of his own ministry, he says, "I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you gave me to do." Again, the glory of God was the goal. The glory of God was the motive and the manner for what he did. And finishing was for the glory of God. Would you someone say finishing? finishing. Look, I, I say this all the time, and I'm never going to stop saying it. So don't don't think, oh, well, he said this already. I'm not thinking that it's brand new. I'm saying it on purpose. I'm fifty. Three, thank you. (laughs) Fifty-three. I'm I'm trying to do the math. Eventually, we'll start going backwards. But I'm 53. That means I've been in church for 54 years. (laughs) And here's what I know: that there's no glory in quitting. That's right. right. I've I've, look at. I'm a church boy, and I've seen too many people quit. And there's no glory on it. And I believe people quit because their why is attached to something less than. Their their why is attached to something other than and less than. But finishing is for his glory and it is our attachment to his glory that will lead us, compel us, inspire us, enable us to finish. I often say we need to finish for those around us, we need to finish for our loved ones, we need to finish for those that are coming after us. All of that is true. I don't want to, I, I got to be careful because if I, if, I, if I push this button, it's going to get louder. But I want to, let me talk. Uh, I want to finish, I want to finish for Isaiah's sake. I have to finish for his sake. Right. But, it, but even that's not enough. I want to finish for his glory. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus told us what our why should be. He did it more than once, but let's just look at one example, Matthew chapter five and verse 16. As he, on the Sermon on the Mount, after he has told us what we are, we're salt and light, he tells us our why. Here's our why. Why? Why are you, why? Why are you light? He says, let your light so shine before men, this is what you should do, that, this is the end result, that they may see your good works, not, not just that, not that they'll just see you, but here's the end result of that, and glorify your Father in heaven. The end result of all that we do should be praiseworthy. And the manner we do it should be praiseworthy. Finally, Paul. Paul has this universal one. We've said it before. I love uh, Pauline uh, universal imperatives in his epistolary literature. I love that. I love things that, that it's like, this covers everything. This is a rule that is true all the time. Here's the universal our universal why, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse uh, 31. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Now, in the context, Paul is addressing the Corinthians, and they're fussing about whether they're going to eat this or not eat this, and who cares, and who's watching, and whether it's good or whether it's bad. And the thing is, they had attached their why, even their dietary preferences, whether they were going to eat meat, whether the meat had been offered to idols or not, and everything else. He said, look, you're attaching your why to the wrong thing, and you're fussing about your own rights and your own needs, And when when your why is detached from the glory of God, it will lead to competing and to coveting and to controversy and to criticism. He says, lift your eyes up from all that nonsense and whether you're eating or drinking. And then he says, as a matter of fact, whatever you do, someone say whatever. whatever. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever you do, think about for a moment all of your responsibilities, all of your opportunities, all of your activities, everything that is in your life. All of it should be gathered together and brought before the Lord as an act of worship. Lord, let the end result of all of this be praiseworthy. And may the way that I do it all be yeah. praiseworthy. When our why is for his glory. it informs, it inspires, it governs how we work, how we serve, how we show up, how we, how, how we sing and why we sing and why we give and why we sacrifice and why we build when, it's, when it is for when we live for his glory, then everything can become our utmost for his highest. It makes everything sacred. It makes it an act of worship. Not perfection, but a posture. It pulls out, continually pulls out what is most noble in us. It pulls out what what is strongest and sweetest most diligent for his glory. When we live for his glory, it, 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 it demands our integrity and our honesty. For his glory covers everything in our life, every, every kind of ministry, whether it's healing or hospitality or music or missions or marriage or money or parenting or politics, it's all for his glory. Because in the end, In the end, what else will matter? Not our possessions, not our achievements. This might sound, don't take this as a, not trying to be a humble flex or a nonsense or silly, but it is not unusual, like this last week being at school, for someone to say, hey, wait a minute, what do you mean? This is your second doctorate? Why are you getting another one? Was there something wrong with the first one? Or are you crazy? They'll, they'll ask all kinds of silly questions. And they'll say, why are you doing this? And, I'll say, and, I, and I don't say things like, well, it's because I don't enjoy spending time with my family. You know, I, don't, I don't say things like that. <laughs> the only answer I have is worship. I do, this is, I, it's for his glory. And if I don't do it for his glory, then I'm gonna, I, get, I can get caught up getting irritated and offended and bored and frustrated and all those kinds of things, and, and, but in cut corners and... Mm-mm. The only thing that the only thing that will matter isn't degrees, it's not possessions, it's not the houses that we live in. You know what? Someday <laughs> Lord should Jesus should Jesus tarry, somebody else is gonna live in that house that you worked so hard to get. Wow. And they didn't they won't even know that you lived. they won't even care what color you thought the carpet should be. Oh <laughs> somebody else pro- unless you unless you wreck it, somebody else is gonna have that car. They're going to pay less for it than you did. (laughs) Nothing, our our achievements, our wealth, power, prestige, all of these things are fleeting and temporary, especially if they are attached to a lesser why. But when everything is for his glory, then it makes everything meaningful. Meaningful. It's far too easy for people to look at their lives and wonder if they have meaning, if it matters. Most of the time, if people are wondering if their life, if their life matters or if they matter or if their life has meaning, it is because they are, using a, they are using a false metric to evaluate their lives. There may not be cameras on you, you may not be insta-famous, You may not be a social media star. People may not even know who you are. This world may not even know your name, but heaven sees, records, and rewards the person who lives for God's glory. And whether this this world's measurement isn't worth a plastic banana. It may look like it's real, but it it doesn't taste good and has no, there's nothing to it. This world's esteem, this world's measure is worthless. The only thing that matters is how and what we do for his glory. And when that is our why, everything matters and is meaningful, every moment is worth it. And when that is our why, it will be our guide, it will be our compass, it will keep us true, we will have heaven's help And we will finish. So good. <laughs> yeah. we, we will finish for His glory. Yes. Your marriage is going to make it. Your family is going to make it. Your kids are going to make it. You're going to make it. And this house is going to make it. Not measured by whatever standards others, but we are going to do everything we do so that the end result is praiseworthy and the manner we do it is praiseworthy. As we close today, I'd like you to just do it again. Try to think about your responsibilities, your opportunities, your concerns, your resources. Gather them together in your heart. And in your own way, in your own words, just offer them all yourself, everything. Lord, this is for your glory. I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you my relationships and resources and responsibilities. And Lord, this house, the staff, the budget, the plans, the building, everything, our future our facility, our finances, our heart for renewal, for righteousness, everything, Lord. Let everything that we are, let everything that we do, let it be for your glory. Lord, be glorified.
1: In my life Lord, be glorified, be glorified. in this church. Sing it out loud. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things. To you are all things. You deserve the glory.
0: Lord, be pleased to lead us, empower us, anoint us, whatever we do, for your glory. In Christ's name, amen. The Lord bless you, friends. If you'd like to find a place to just wait upon the Lord and worship, the front is wide open. We'll have the instruments continue to play. Otherwise, the Lord bless you. Go we'll live for his glory.